0: Hey there, folks. Now, as much as we all love our tried and true favorite for developers, the Tech HC Rodenol ID11, sometimes it's always fun to branch out and try something new. And so today we are talking about recent developments, both in the tank and on the internet.
1: Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the Greater Toronto Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. And we're back.
0: And if you listen to a previous episode of ours, we sat down with someone to talk about um, toxicity and environmental um, conservancy in film photography. And one developer that did come up and is uh, Flick Films Black, White and Green. Now, I really love this developer. It is super easy to use. It develops like D76 1 to 2. It's less toxic than Xtall. And it keeps like HC-110. But I know I love it. But John has been recently playing with it, and he loves it just as much as I do. So, John, tell us all about Black, White, and Gold.
2: Because that's what this stuff is. Works for me. Now, up until recently, I've been using a lot of the Legacy Pro developers because they're, uh, they're a good drop-in replacement for some of the, uh, the Kodak stuff. I'm not a big fan of using Kodak developers right now, in fact, but most places are out of stock in them anyway, uh, and a lot of them aren't quite what they used to be. So when my uh, regular dealer for Legacy Pro ran out of stock, I need to come up with something, and I decided to give uh, this black, white, and green a try. Now, it's made by Flickfilm, an, out, an outfit out in Calgary, Alberta. It's based on PCT, and that's uh, T-E-A, uh, developer. The, uh, the active ingredients are vitamin C and uh, venadone. And then what they do to make it, A, uh, green, environmentally friendly, as well as very long-lasting Is that instead of having a water mix, they dissolve the chemicals in something called, and let's see if I can pronounce this, I've been practicing, superheated triethanolamine. Did I say it right? Well, you let me know in the notes if I didn't. And this is something that's used as a pH balancer in shampoos and soaps. Um, so this is, you know, this is not safe to use in a, in a farm or like a septic system. It's not nasty. Like you want nasty, you use PyroCat or something like that. Now, the um, it is a very highly concentrated developer. And so you are getting a thick, thick syrup. This makes uh, HC-110, at least the old-fashioned HC-110, look runny by comparison. So it can take a little while to mix. What I do is I put, uh, you know, you mix it 1 to 49, so I put my, let's say, 10 milliliters in a small graduated cylinder, add some of my water and sort of stir that and pre-mix it, and then pour it into my main container, and then I'll add a bit more water and I'll just keep, you know, shaking it a bit to get every last, uh, every last drop of black, white, and green goodness out. And, uh, and that seems to work fine. Now using developer, I'm finding it gives very good contrast control at that. The negatives tend to the flat side, which is good because I can, you can, I can work the levels in uh, post. I'm very happy with the, uh, with the grain it seems reasonably fine grained um now one thing the development times tend to be on the longer side compared to some developers especially something like let's say hc 110 dilution b for example to develop uh, hp5 one of my go-to films it's about 15 minutes so it's a bit longer than some developers but hey it gives you time to listen to film photography podcasts like ours hint hint um <laughs> Also, uh, there is one issue. With, there aren't as many times listed for this on, let's say, the massive dev chart compared to some other. But you can start with like D76, one plus two uh, as a starting point. Also, because it's based on PCT. You can also look at uh, PCT development times, if they're available for the film you're using, as a starting point. And like with any new developer, you should sort of expect to have to sort of dial it in for your own, uh, your own particular setup uh, anyway. So far, I've shot and developed four roles with it. My first one was HP5, actually, that was pushed to one stop. And so based on one blog post, I said, I read, it said add 30%. Um, and I loved it. Now it's a six by nine negative. So it's sort of cheating, but it was just, I just love the look. Like you could shoot uh, HP five at 800 all day with this stuff. I tried it to uh, pan F plus um, a fairly contrasty film. And it To me, it did take the edge off of contrast a bit. It's still a contrasty film, but it made it a lot easier to work with in post. The next one was uh, a a roll of Rolly Retro ADS. This was a challenge. There's no time listed um, under uh, Black, White, and Green. No time listed for D76 1 plus 2. So I did some digging around and uh, found a, a time that I could at least guess with um, and I tried it, it looked like I cooked it maybe 30 seconds to 45 seconds too long because the negatives looked dense, but when I scanned them, the highlights weren't blocked at all. So I figure I'll take, I'll take 30 seconds off my time and do another roll. And I think that should nail it. And the one that surprised me, I have some HP five plus that I was gifted by a member of the local community. This stuff dates from 2004 I have no, so it's 18 years old. I have no idea about storage. And so I shot it at 200 and developed a roll. And yes, there's some base fog, but it looks absolutely usable, absolutely no problem. So except for the fact that mixing takes a little bit longer to do and and the development times are a little bit longer, Uh, I can't recommend this developer enough this is going to be my go-to developer now from from now on i've if after four rolls of film i know that it's my main developer and it just lasts forever too
0: and it's really nice that it just has a single dilution for all your films you don't have to modify it you can't really change it and if you are looking for times, probably the best place to start is the Flickfilm website. They've done extensive testing on a majority of films, and they have all those time published on, your, on their site. And if you do have the Massive Dev Chart app, you can just put in your custom times.
2: Yeah, like what I will be doing as I dial in times for films that aren't on that list, I'll be uploading them or submitting them to uh, Massive Dev Chart. Perfect. And
0: another thing that I find really helps is having a rotating base, especially for those long developing times. It just takes the, uh, takes the edge off. But uh, the one developer you did mention was uh, Pyrocat. And the funny thing is, I'm actually going to be talking about a Pyro developer that I've just started working with. And it is, like black, white, and green, a newly available developer. It was first developed in 06, and was then updated again in 2012, Um, created by JadaFear. 5.10 Pyro is, unlike other Pyro developers, it's a single concentrate. It comes in a single bottle, and you mix it 1 to 100 or 1 to 300, depending on what you want to do with it. And it is still toxic, but not as toxic as previous developers are, And there's been a lot of rumors online that this stuff is more toxic than PyroCat HD and PMK Pyro, but it really isn't. And I've actually talked a lot with James Lane from Zone Imaging over in the UK about 510 because he is one of two commercial entities actually producing 510 Pyro for the open market. The other one is Bostic & Sullivan, which is the version that I've been working with. And it behaves like any other Pyro developers. You do get that stain negative, especially if you use a non-acidic fixer like Formulary TF3. Um, But I still get decent stain with um, just regular uh, Kodafix. Just the regular stuff. Not as probably good as a non-acidic fixer, but I do want um, that hardening because there are some Some film stocks I have don't have that built into the emulsion. Again, having that single 1 to 100 dilution makes life easy. easy. I don't have to accidentally put two parts, two part A's or two part B's in and mess things up and mix up chemicals. I don't have to worry about it doing extensive environmental harm. Again, you're using very low dilutions. It is pricey, especially the zone imaging version. Um, but again, all that money goes back into just making it better, and that's that's what's really good in putting this out and really getting this out. And it gives you everything you love about Pyro. You get amazing tonal separation. You get fine grain. You get excellent edge sharpness. And the best part is, is that when you scan it, your shadow recovery is something akin to shooting digital raw like the first time the first roll of film i developed in 510 pyro was agfa copex repeat which is a notoriously difficult film to process when you're not using the dedicated developer and i looked at these negatives and went i am going to get nothing out of these they were thin i barely saw an image they scanned in super dark and i just wanted to photoshop and just crank the brightness and just played with that and the curves and the levels, and the resulting details that I managed to pull out of these negatives that I thought were completely unrecoverable was just mind boggling. And if you're working with a film that's grainy, like um, Cosmophoto Agent Shadow, the results you get out of it are spectacular. Like there's still grain there, but it's absolutely pleasing it doesn't it tones down the grain but you don't lose that edge sharpness you get amazing tonal separation and if it's too bright you can crank it down and you get highlight recovery too dark you crank it up you get shadow recovery it it just is the ultimate magic bullet it does everything you love from a pyro developer with less toxicity and developed for the film photography community by someone who is dedicated to film photography and i really do have to thank james lane we've been talking back and forth about this so much and he's always willing to answer questions when i have ones about them um so like there's a lot of times that are available that are semi-stand developing and i'm like i don't want to do that i want to put this into a tank put it on my B's processor and just let her rip. Um, so he's really helped with um, with figuring out the different times and also if you're doing push or pull processing. So definitely worth your time. The zone imaging version. Uh, James is still looking for a distributor within Canada, um, but you can order it from Bostic and Sullivan, You can order Bostic and Sullivan; they will ship to Canada. And the zone imaging version is available from Freestyle, and it can be shipped to Canada because it is such a low-toxicity developer.
2: I got to say, Alex, uh, my ears really perked up when you started talking about the uh, Copex Rapide, because that film is nasty to develop. Oh, yeah. I, like I tried it once, and I think I dug around and found a Rodanol formula, and it was pretty gnarly. So uh, yeah. that, that really has me intrigued. Yeah, I, um, and through posting on the film photography
0: chat group on Facebook, actually got a lot of really good information out of people on how they use 510 Pyro and Agva Copax Rapide. So I'm definitely going to have to dig out, dig out that because we all have our own opinion of that group. And sometimes there are some really good responses there. Um, that are really knowledgeable and helpful, even for me, who does a lot of this, and I still learn stuff. And 5.10 Pyro has definitely reopened my love of Pyro developers, and I can't wait to see what it does with films like FOMA Pan 400. But continuing on with uh, really good developers, and one that is really weird, especially how you mix it, um, Spur HRX.
3: Well, it, it's only fitting that uh, we talk about Spur HRX uh, after talking about the new Pyro um, because Spur's HR, Spur HRX's claim to fame is very similar to Pyro uh, or the, the Pyro 510. So, um, again, it is a bit of an oddball developer. It's not necessarily new. It was launched, um, well, the HRX version was launched, I believe, somewhere around 2015. Um, so it's been around for about five or six years, and it, it's, it's made by uh, Spur Photochemie out of Germany. Uh, don't ask me which city in Germany, but Spur stands for Speed Photography Ultra High Resolution. So, um, you know, as photographers or, 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 you know, darkroom nerds, people that develop their own black and white film, you know, we're all we're looking for that magic bullet a lot of the times when it comes to developers, you know, uh, I have spent several years looking for a black and white, you know, film developer that, you know, can achieve essentially, you know, three things, you know, the trifecta we're looking for fine grain, great sharpness and not losing any speed with our film. Uh, You know, we want to keep it as close to box as possible if we can and control a lot of that contrast um, uh, or at least, you know, have a good idea uh, as to how to to control it. So, you know, I've tested a lot of different developers with a lot of my favorite films over the years. I'm a huge fan of uh, Fuji Acros with those that have listened to to previous episodes probably know that. Um, And, you know, I've tried, you know, TMAX, HC110, XTOL, and, you know, I would get the results that I want, but then I would find out, well, yeah, but then I didn't, you know, I didn't pull the film enough um, because I lost speed in the development process and, you know, my calculation was off or whatever. I find... Um, that spur solves a lot of those, uh, a lot of those problems. Um, you know, especially some, if, if you, shot a lot of uh, across in your time, and I'm talking about the old school across, um or even uh, you know delta 100 like microdoll uh, microdol at you know one plus three was probably a go-to for a lot of folks like that um, but you know that's that's you know not around um anymore so you know there's always that trade-off in developing right like so you know fine grain good sharpness and more speed it's hard to get all three in one you're usually giving one of those three uh items up but um when i learned about um spur hrx um it surprisingly solved, you know, solved that, that, that problem for me. And, and you know, it, it's interesting, um, you know, if you know a little bit about, essentially there's, there's two categories of developers that we work with in black and white film photography, and that is a fine grain developer or a high-accutance uh, developer. Um, and there's sort of nothing that does all three of those things with, I think, the exception of Spur HRX, Uh, And and the new um, uh, uh, the new Pyro uh, developer that Alex was talking about. So, you know, and it's these these are, you know, generally when you're looking at um, uh, fine grain developers, they're typically your solvent type developers. So like your, you know, your Xtols, your Tmax developer, things like that. Um, and what happens is that that chemical reaction. What the solvent does is it actually reduces the size of the grain, uh, and it reduces the tendency for the grain to clump together. So what happens is you lose acuteness, you you lose that edge sharpness, but then you get a lot of smooth gradations and things like that. So what I find with spur is particularly when you have what I you know loosely call a heavy gray scaled image and what to me what that means is an image that has a lot of tonal shift so um if you look at the at the um at the tone curve it's it's very steep so you have a lot of grays you know in between your your uh your shadows and your highlights it's a very you know um vertically looking curve as opposed to one that's stretched out a little bit um and if i have images with that level of contrast or that, that nature of contrast, Spur becomes the right choice for me. So if you have um, a scene that you're shooting that has a lot <coughs> of different versions of gray in it, so perhaps it's a detail shot, maybe it's black and white macro, maybe there's a lot of um, intricate architectural uh, subject matter that you're shooting where you really want to see that definition and those tonal shifts, Spur is absolutely, I think, a terrific choice for that. Um, it, you know, as Alex said, it can be a little bit complicated to um, uh, to mix it, but I, I will dumb it down for you. It's it's really really simple. The general sort of starting range, and it ranges from one plus thirteen to one plus twenty. Most films are in the one plus seventeen and the one plus twenty range. So. Very simple way to calculate your volume mixing. Let's say you want to, um, you know, mix 500 milliliters of solution and you, you have a one plus 20 and you have a two part developer. And with spur, you have an A and a B and it's equal parts A and B to make up your overall mix. So for example, if you have one plus 20 um, and you want to do 500 milliliter volume, you just take add one plus 20 equals 21. 500 divided by 21 equals 24. 24 divided by 2, because you have part A and part B, is 12 milliliters of each. So it's a very, very simple calculation. Um, and you can use that for all of your 1 plus 1 um, uh <coughs> Your one plus one plus a 100 or whatever like your your pyro cats and things like that 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 formula is something just you know keep in the back of your head and you don't have to go on the website or find some you know funky calculator to help you out um, but again it's not it's not that complicated I think I've gotten to know this developer over the last five or six years really really well I think it's an excellent developer especially for modern, T grain films. Uh, so your T max, your across your Delta, the results that I've gotten, and they've been really consistent is really good sharpness, very, very fine grain films and, an ideal curve in my opinion. So I like to have a lot of data in the middle of my, of my images. And I'm, I'm a bit of a, a nerd. So, um, you know, bear with me. And when I stay a steep uh, contrast curve is I mean, I, there's a lot of gray in my image um, you know so um, you know it's I guess you could term it somewhat less contrasty or there's more contrast but just finer contrast shifts uh, in the image I will say though with spur HRX you do lose a little bit of contrast so you know with films like in particularly Delta or across 100 I will shoot at 80 ISO so I will pull it Essentially, one fifth of a stop, um, and I find that that really helps to bump up the uh, the contrast. But look, if you can find Spur HRX, I get mine from Argentics in Canada for our Canadian listeners. Um, I believe B and H um, sells it in the U.S. and more than likely uh, Freestyle sells it as well too. Otherwise, um, you know, Spur has their own website. You can order it direct from uh, from Germany as well. So, um, excellent. Sort of out there developer, um, and there's been lots of different iterations of Spur. Spur HRX is the latest one. Um, uh, uh, its predecessor, I believe, was Spur HRX3, and they have some other like uh, Rodinal sort of clones. They have some high mm-hmm. developers as well too. But um the Spur HRX uh, get out there, and uh, we really have to do a side by side with the uh, the Pyro Five Ten for sure. So I awesome, think, uh, yeah.
0: Well, I will since I I have um, I actually have Spur HRX. I came back to it. I tried it a few years back after a previous host of the uh, show mentioned mm-hmm. mentioned Spur HRX, and it was uh, unavailable in Canada for uh, many many years. And finally, Jacques over at Argentix finally got got more in into his garage. So I picked up a couple of bottles. So I'll make sure that I do my well, best to try and do it i will side um,
3: side. i will give you a couple of rolls of uh across fantastic uh, the og uh and I, I definitely i'd love to see what your results look like uh with the, both of those developers and uh, i'm gonna do the i'm gonna do the same so awesome uh, i recommend shooting those films at 80 iso again and just you know lot get 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 Shoot scenes with lots of stuff going on because you'll you <laughs> really see you really see the magic of the uh, of the gradation uh, in in the, in the in the developer. It makes it makes those films really really sing.
2: Nice, but James, if you give him two rolls of a cross, you will only have about nine hundred ninety eight left.
3: <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I better hang on to those two rolls then.
2: <laughs> uh...
3: I think I can spare them. <laughs>
0: Nice. (laughs) And we go from developments within the meat space to developments within cyberspace with um, the recent uh, launch of the Granary website, a new photo sharing site based kind of on Instagram, but dedicated directly for film. And no, it is not one where you get a bread subscription every month. And Bill has, is our local champion of granary and we have a little surprise coming up later this year but no spoilers so bill
1: okay i will not spoil but i'll get straight to the point i my day job i i i'm I'm sort of a marketing communications i do social media strategy and all that fun stuff and i remember years ago we were talking I remember I was at a talk and they were talking about how social media networks are gonna be a lot more niche in the next few years. And lo and behold, you do have a lot of platforms that are trying to be everything to everybody. And well, not quite satisfying everyone at the same time. And someone came up, a like great sort of crossed my bandwidth about three, four weeks ago, it was an article, I believe in Petapixel or something. And it was sort of like someone created, it for the moment, it's a web-based platform. Uh, There will be apps for both iPhone, tablet, and of course, Android uh, coming in the next few months to my understanding. And it is essentially, um, picture if you will, it's just basically Instagram minus the video film photographers. So it's gonna be a very niche community. And it feels a lot like what Instagram used to be 10 years ago. Only unlike Instagram 10 years ago, you can actually upload directly from your desktop. Can I have a hallelujah? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. Cause we all remember the convoluted path we have to do to upload our film photos to Instagram before, well, they sort of made things easier. It's actually kind of easy and it's a rather intriguing. So you literally have to program into your profile, your most commonly used cameras, lenses, and film stocks. And they use that as partially how they can search. You can search photos within the community. So say for example, hey, I'm pondering getting a Nikon F5 or I want to see what since still 400d looks like you can pull that up very easily and it's actually kind of uh, clever in some regards because it kind of discourages bots uh, and bot accounts so it's sort of like you have to sort of put some effort into a little bit of effort into uploading but i do think the the big advantage of granary is you don't have to worry about your crops if you're doing a portrait it'll what you upload is what your 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 audience is going to see at the other end and so far i have noticed a lot of it is starting to scale like i just sort of noticed my follower account almost doubled overnight in some regards and uh i i i I want it to succeed because I think we do need some diversity in the social space, uh, for photo sharing. And, uh, you know, uh, and again, I hope they do come up with an app, uh, apps for iPhone and tablet more for like exploring it and you know, visiting your account. Cause it's kind of sort of, dumb taking a film photo then trying to run it through your tablet or phone and upload it to granary and you can do it from your desktop straight from photoshop or your lightroom uh catalogs but that's just me uh, so yeah granary it's an intriguing uh community and i think people should check it out
0: Definitely. And even though they don't have a mobile app, the one thing that I did found is that the website works really well on mobile browsers. There's oh, literally exactly. no difference between um, your, onla- your um, standard desktop based browser and your mobile browser. And oh. I use Chrome on my iPhone and it looks and feels the same as Chrome on my desktop.
1: Well, I have gra- I pulled uh, Granary up on Safari on my iPad, and it's the same experience as I get on my desktop. So it's like, do you really? Maybe you just need an app for your phone, and everyone can just use, if you know, for a tablet, go into their their browser and then just sort of set it up from there. Like mm. again, it's a it's an elegant platform. I hope it succeeds. I don't know how they're going to come about. There's going to be a point where they may have to monetize at some point, whether it becomes a subscription, which I know it's a bit of a a dirty word because I know people will get up got uptight as all get out about Flickr charging what they're charging. But then I will retort as the digital strategist saying, if you're not paying for your presence, then you're the product.
2: (laughs) Yep. I've been trying it out for a few days now um, and um, I, I'm not going to get into specifics what about what I might not like on other platforms but I have to say to me it feels like a breath of fresh air mm. because it's I like it the fact that it's minimalist mm. it has a very clear purpose it's not trying to be all things to all people and all marketers it says here's a place to post your film photos and interact with film, other film photographers. So um, it's like, you know, instead of freedom to do something, it's almost like freedom from, Mm. you know, you know, videos are not its thing, um, you know, stuff like that. It's not its thing. So, the whole, the whole experience is not cluttered with uh, features that are not core to its mission, so to speak. So uh, I'm wishing it every success. I think I, you know, I'm pretty close to uh, to subscribing and contributing to keep it going. And I just hope they keep their, fake, their focus and keep their eyes on the prize and ter- how many more stale metaphors can I throw in there, Bill? Um, I, I hope they just, you know, stay true to the vision because I think there is definitely room and a need for this kind of film focused, pure experience.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I really don't mind the videos on Instagram, but I don't like videos from people who I don't follow getting shoved in my face. Mm. And the, it's the ads that are the most annoying. I mean, every time you hide an ad for like um, online casino games, you get twenty more. It's like, do not get it? I don't want to see these.
3: <laughs>
1: exactly. I, I
3: think their algorithm doesn't care. <laughs>
0: Zuckerberg.
1: Well, again, as, as you briefed me as we went into this, I can, you know, be positive. And I think unfortunately the people who are the the current shepherds of Instagram are kind of got poor listening skills when it comes to listen to their incumbent audience
2: Mm. it doesn't
1: matter if it's film photographers digital photographers or even people taking family photos on their on their android phone to share with their cousins it's like you know if you want to be tiktok people are going to sign up to tiktok (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's it's like that's not what they signed up for and i i think you know again it's sort of like I, I don't want to you know go into a slugfest but again like i said they they seem to have rather poor listening skills at listening to the audience they already have instead of the audience and, and I, I i'm a little concerned they might be alienating the the people that brought them to the dance metaphorically.
0: exactly and if you are looking for our um granary profiles you can check out our, um, the episode notes whether you're on Podbean or accessing this through our main show notes page you can find links for that in the show notes below well that wraps it up for this episode um, again thank you everyone who always um, listens always interacts with us whether through Facebook Twitter Instagram we love you we appreciate your support um, until then You know what sometimes it's great to try something familiar but maybe this fall is a chance for you to try something new whether it's home developing for the first time trying a new developer or really diving into it and doing um home black and white reversal processing which is a shame we didn't talk about it in this show but hopefully in one soon so
3: all right well this is james lee um I don't know. I don't have much right now. I would say just get out there, try something new, try a new developer, see what you can
1: uh, make happen. This is Bill Smith with camera Classic Hammer Revival. I have tried a new developer this summer, F- Adox FX39. Mm. Nice. And, and it's an intriguing developer, that. It
3: is, a, it is a
2: very cool developer. And this is John Meadows. I don't care what Kermit the Frog said. If you use the right developer, it is easy being green.